1: Final Fantasy 16 is over, and we are just getting started talking about the full spoiler edition of Final Fantasy 16 here on Final Fantasy Podcast on Post Show Recaps. That's right, everybody. This is an all-spoiler edition of the Final Fantasy Podcast in which anything and everything from Final Fantasy 16 is fair game. Us. I'm Joshua Wiggler here, joined once again on their Twitch stream, I might add, at twitch.tv slash hard rock hope. We are recording this one live. The great Brooklyn Zed, who is now on the other side of a battle with Ultima. You are the Sid. Look at me. Look at me. You are the Sid now,
0: Zed. Brooklyn Sid. My wounds, boy. <laughs> My yeah. uh, here we are. Uh, did you miss us? You did. You asked us where we were, and I appreciate that. That made me feel wanted and missed uh, yep, and we're man. back and we have we're so back. much to talk about
1: yeah so we're back uh last we left off i think we uh got through uh i don't think we even got all the way through benedicta maybe we did get through benedicta and then no further than that and now we're going to talk about everything that happens from benedicta through the end of final fantasy 16 in a single podcast not too tall of an order i don't think <laughs>
0: it's gonna be a lot
1: It's a lot. It's a lot. We will probably leave a lot on the cutting room floor. The good news is we will have an additional Final Fantasy podcast coming your way in the not terribly distant future. We're going to record that one live as well. I believe the standing date, though we do not have a time for it yet, August 24th on twitch.tv slash hard rock hope on Zed's Twitch. Make sure you subscribe, Uh, check out everything that they are streaming right now. Uh, It has been a lot of final fantasy 16. It's going to be a bunch of other things. Is it too early to say what your other things that you're going to be streaming are Zed?
0: No, I think the folks who care the most already know, but I can happily say uh, up front here, we will be returning to final fantasy nine. Amazing. uh, Which we were like, I'd say about a, a, maybe a third of the way through when last we left our heroes over in final fantasy nine um and then alternating with that continued programming i am going to play tears of the kingdom my first proper legend of zelda game you
1: told me this before we hit record and i was so excited to to hear it this is um i am on a three-week break from the last time i played i think i logged in once in three weeks to tears of the kingdom because i've i've, I've developed quite the problem uh it's been <laughs> it's been an issue uh, a lot of tears of the kingdom have been played i don't want to look at my clock on the game but i am sure it is hundreds of hours at this point point. Wow. Uh, and i have like five i think four four shrines left to find um i have all of the sages i'm Deeply afeard of the underground, so I go nowhere near it. Uh, and, like, I could finish the game, but I'm scared to do it. So I suspect, Zed, that you'll probably, on your Twitch stream, beat The Legend of Zelda before I do. Uh, that's my that's my guess for how this is going to go. Going to be a great hangout game for you in the Twitch crowd. Uh, Legend yeah, of Zelda. I'm looking
0: forward to that. Yeah. This game was a lot of uh, digesting, ingesting, a lot yeah. of story, and a lot of information kind of all the time.
1: yeah. Uh, there's story to Zelda. It's definitely nowhere near as like super lore packed as 16, and you're not doing like all of these insane dialogue-heavy side quests. But you could you could explore the story of Legend of Zelda in a big way. But it is, I think, and this is not a slight when I say that it is slighter than the uh, story of FF16 for sure. But I think it's going to be a really fun stream game. So people should check that out: Twitch.tv/slash Hard Rock Hope. For more of that content. Some more Final Fantasy Nine when we get together for the next podcast. I want to get some early FF Nine takes from you. I also want to hear about your journey through Final Fantasy Ten, which I know you have already underwent, Zed. Uh, and I'm sure that there will be FF16 leftovers to get into by then as well. But let's get into as much Final Fantasy 16 today as is humanly possible. I don't think that we should even attempt to do this linearly. I think if we
0: try to do this linearly, we're not going to get anywhere today. We're going to be here till next Thursday uh if we try to go through this story chronologically. And
1: we haven't like set up like the appropriate charities with which to do a marathon for, so like <laughs> I'm not here for that. Like a strategic planned out version of that sure. Uh but I'm not here to just like keep talking until, you know, a week and a half from us talking right now. So we should talk through what we can talk through today and I think that for me the biggest thing that i want to know is just what is your review of final fantasy 16 keeping in mind for anyone who's listening that this is full spoilers anything from ff16 is fair game for you to discuss at this point in time
0: yeah we have finished we have both finished the game um I much more so than you given I I texted you the other day and I said do you know what a chronolith trial is and you said absolutely absolutely
1: not not, I believe was my response yeah uh
0: incredible (laughs) um yeah I overall I like the game a lot I think the chronolith trials are unnecessary but we'll get to those um I think it's I, the structure of having so much access to information and lore and being able to go look up a thing and be like, what are these people talking about? Um, is very helpful because there is so much information being thrown at you all the time. Uh, and it is very easy to like, you know, glaze over as they're talking about all these things in great depth if you're not yeah. really investing. Um, but if you are, there is so much rich story and character to be found in the game um i told you this as i was finishing up i do think the game falls apart a little bit at the very end yeah uh why on earth did we take dion instead of jill to the because, end of the game because
1: Jill's not a character unfortunately uh <laughs> no real investment in in jill in this game was a big note of mine as well uh like i feel like character design that's the the icon of shiva like this is a really cool character if we invest in jill and guess what we don't do uh invest in jill uh i totally agree that i feel like that that third spot that trio of clive joshua and jill should be like if this was a party system final fantasy like that's your final party for sure Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Dion is awesome. Great character. Really loved the Bahamut fights. Like I think very imaginative stuff there. And I liked the attempt at giving Dion his own story as well. But like the setup of the game was Clive, Joshua and Jill. And then Jill just disappears.
0: Too dangerous, Jill. You can't go here because you're a lady. Better, better for just Clive and Joshua to go. Sure. For Clive and Joshua and Dion to go.
1: Yeah. Why is
0: Dion there? Because they needed they needed a way to get there.
1: Yeah, there's a lift. He's the lift. Then just like drop them off and fly away, and that's it.
0: Wild. Yeah. But like everybody can fly, as has Uh been well established uh, in one of my more popular Twitch clips. Everybody can fly except Efreed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Literally yeah. everybody. If Freed being
1: like the icon, like the special icon, it's like, you know, he's just like, there's a
0: fire thing. He gets like, you know, he just like spits so fireballs. Random. but He can't fly. He's, he's not, also he's not, like he, one of the, usually one of the first summons you get and is yeah. considered like one of the weaker summons yeah. compared to everybody else. And they're like, yeah. this is going to be you. This is your identity. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I totally, I totally agree with that. But I am, um, I I think I think a lot of the issues that I end up having with Final Fantasy 16 are I feel like I have no major issue at all with the idea of like you control one character and that's it um yeah. but I think that there was a missed opportunity to not do more of what happens early in the game where you get to control Joshua for a hot minute I as I was playing the game had this sort of like percolating theory that Clive was going to die and that you were then going to be Joshua for the duration of the game or something like that was going mm-hmm. to happen. And sort of like a riff on um, one of the care, one of like the core four characters of an earlier final fantasy game gets killed and all of their stats transferred to, I believe his granddaughter if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken, or his niece. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, and I thought like yeah. maybe something like that would, would happen in the game. I thought that that could have been pretty cool, but like, forget that. Like, an uh, an ability to have like all of these different scenes while like Clive is going off to confront Ultima, you could you could be playing as Jill somewhere else, you could be playing as Dion somewhere else. Um, I wish that I'd been able to access those characters from that hands on perspective. I think it would have uh, contributed to a feeling of closeness that is that is um, not totally there for me in FF16. That being said, I think these characters, uh, like the character designs. I think like a lot of this for me actually does come from like that character is so cool. And I want to jump around as Dion. Like, I really want like, yeah. to like, like, you know, like I do think that there is this feeling that I have while playing 16 where it's like, I'm getting to watch the makers of the game play with all these cool toys. And they're mm. like, you can be Clive. <laughs> you know? <And> like, <laughs> sure. You know, can I please be Joshua? Uh, like I want to play as Jill. Uh, so I, I, I mourned that we didn't get to to do enough of that. AKA yeah,
0: I will say, though, to have party members that do deal damage and that you are not responsible for the health of is incredible. Sure. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, because uh, having party members that you can't control but do have to keep alive, that is a challenge that I encountered in Final Fantasy 15. Uh, that I did not like.
1: Yeah. Did you stream like, 15? I can't
0: pull my friend out of the AOE, and yet it's my problem that he needs to be healed. Did you stream 15? I did. Uh, yeah. I, so I played Pocket Edition for, yes. uh, I can't remember if we talked about this as we were starting 16. Um, the Pocket Edition is a is a very different game from totally. what I've been told. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing, including doing the side quest, took me 20 hours. So I played it in a week.
1: Yeah, wow. I did a very similar similar thing. It was thing. so fun, I, very cute. I, I really, I really loved uh, Fifteen Pocket Edition, and I think I, uh, I have since since that I've played all of Remake and Sixteen, uh, and I feel like all of these hours later, like I think I could probably handle the mainline Fifteen. Like that might happen for me someday. I still have to finish Thirteen, uh, so I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. How are um,
0: you? How, how are you even playing Thirteen?
1: I have uh, an old Xbox 360 uh, collecting wow. dust uh, that, uh, <laughs> that I could plug back in. Uh, if it still works, I hope it works. I haven't plugged it in in a while. I assume it's probably still going to work. Uh, could be a lot. As, as
0: Mike will bitterly tell everybody, it's like the one Final Fantasy game that has not been ported over figure to that any out. modern system. They'll figure
1: that out. That's going to happen. It might still take years for it to happen, but it'll happen for sure. Um it's also because, like, the graphics on 13 are so pristine that, like, we... That, and that was PS3, like... We have not really evolved all that much past that. Is maybe my I don't know if that's a medium warm take or what, <laughs> uh, but I think that the graphics on 13 are just like way too sublime as to be transportable to the Switch. Like, I don't think that you could switch 13. Sure. Uh, so maybe like you could switch to 13 when the next Switch comes out or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, so the game loses the plot a little bit for you towards the end,
0: uh, but the ride up to, to the end. Yeah. We enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I would say the writing team could have benefited from, it seems like, having any woman in the room, as Mm. far as I could tell. Uh, I don't have the exact stats on that, but it sure feels like there was no woman involved in the writing of this game. Yeah. Um, And for the most part, actually, I didn't really feel that, and it didn't matter too much. And then there were just occasional moments with Jill where I was like, this makes no sense why is this happening no no non-male would let this scene go down the way that it is yeah uh silently nudely back to back (laughs) on a gravel beach in front of a fire and then uh here you go have my powers I don't need them what 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 could I do keep fighting of course not
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I really kept thinking that they were going to and especially as the, uh, the as Shiva's keeper, uh, they really could have fridged Jill. Uh, and instead, like at least she like transfers <laughs> the, the powers over to Clive and gets to gets to live. And that is such and then just, a like, kind of rare... leaves the game for a while. She's just for gone like, a basically. long while. Yeah. Is she yeah. super present in side quests at the end of the game? I think you side quested a whole lot more than I did.
0: I so I did every single side quest as it became available. Um, and still when you get to the end of the game, literally at least a dozen, if not more, appear after you've like reached the final point where you have like the gav store. Yeah. <laughs> it means you know you're going to the end of the game. Right, right, right. Um And there's one with Joshua, and once you've done that one, he will accompany you on all the side quests. And there's one with Jill, and once you've done that one, she will also come with you on all the side quests. Uh, But do they discuss the story of Jill specifically a whole lot? No, not really. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's like, you know, kind of one moment of them going back home together, essentially. And they're like, ah, yes, this field. Yeah, um, but not a whole lot after after we've gone to the Iron Kingdom and she's killed the like creepy religious man. Uh, that's sort of it, which which we don't especially care about. There is not a whole lot more going on for Jill. Yeah, I think you
1: you'd been keeping me uh, uh, posted on your progress through the game. And you were saying like, that's like where and I had to I had to scratch my head and remember the, yeah like, you were like I don't know who that is I don't know who that character is because you're I guess because you're just about to wipe them off the face of Valisthea, uh, and we'll never never see or hear from that person ever again um, there's like a couple of things where it's like does Clive really not have more questions for Joshua about where he's been and why he couldn't write you know this entire time like I yeah. do think that there's just like some backstory details um, that that could have been filled in for me but Some of the themes of the game uh, and the world building of the game, I did feel like were so strong that it ultimately really trumped a lot of that stuff for me. And and speaking of ultimately, I think Ultima is such a great villain. I think Ultima for me really, really worked. I loved Ultima's vibe. Alien, Final Fantasy, creature, monster, boss, uh, played by Harry Lloyd who's doing weird things with his voice work. Uh, Just the aesthetic of Ultima, I really, really enjoyed. I don't know if this is an unpopular take. I see Mike in the chat does not like Ultima. But (laughs) the thing that I love about Ultima is that this is sort of a classic Final Fantasy type of boss that usually comes in the last 5% of the game. Ultima shows up like a third of the way through Final Fantasy 16. So you know Ultima is a thing the entire time, and then it's Ultima. Ultima is pulling the strings, and you know it. So I really appreciate that. I felt like I had tons of time to acclimate to the idea that Ultima was uh, the boss of this thing.
0: Yeah, we kind of do away with the, like, secondary villains of Benedicta and Annabella and Kupka um, fairly early on, really we kind of like slice through literally a whole lot of, of mini bosses in the scheme yeah. of the overall story of the game. Um, Mike says, I felt like he was monotone Sephiroth. I mean, I will say, I think Sephiroth's, the challenges challenge mo- is the monkey is monologue. Acting in Remake. Uh, Remake was monologue Sephiroth then. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, he talks so much. And at I the know. end of the game, he says the same two things, 12 different ways over yeah. and over and over again. Um, and I'm like, dude, We've already done this boss fight three times.
1: I could have Let's I could have sat finish. there and been monologued at by Ultima forever. Uh, I never wanted Ultima to stop monologuing. I love Ultima. I think Ultima's great. <laughs> Ultimately, like, um, Ultima just wanted to be with his people again. I think Ultima was onto something. Ultima was onto something. That Ultima was like, "Well, this planet doesn't really matter. This is just a farm. You know, you're just a farm for my like God people, and I'm just going to bring my God people back. You guys don't really matter." Uh, <laughs> There's a point to be made there, I think.
0: Um, I think kind of the thing for me out. is that there is so much in the game that feels very grounded and relatable. Like, And I think a lot of the, you know, we're using up the resource of these mother crystals and the mother crystals are destroying the planet uh, relates very much to like Mako from Final Fantasy VII. And we're using this Mako and it's destroying us and destroying the planet. And that metaphor for like the environmentalism that we are facing yeah. now with climate change uh and that getting like distorted into we are in this like weird nether space place that it origin and like you know the edge of infinity and these very abstract ideas uh were harder for me to grasp a little yeah. bit i think yeah yeah i think
1: um one of the things that i really ended up loving about 16 and we touched on this even in our earlier shows was that this is a game that while the the action, like the actual combat is totally different than most Final Fantasies and the tone of it is uh, rated M for Mature. Uh, you know, which I think that like as the game goes on, I do think that there are fewer and fewer F-bombs along the way. I think they get a lot of it out of their system in like the first yeah. third of the game. And then they're like, come on guys, grow up, you know. <laughs> they, like, they clean it up uh every every so uh, ever so much. Um, but even through all of that, it's very recognizably Final Fantasy, like the the icons which I want to talk through uh, more like they're just like such wonderful versions of the summons along the way and even the villain of the game coming down to like the most powerful spell you can typically cast in a Final Fantasy game and that's the namesake I just I was really enamored of that Uh, and so I I felt like the the history of the series was worn very well by this game Um, and I think that like maybe the bar is low for me on Ultima because like The Final Fantasy villains lately maybe have not been phenomenal. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like Ultima just like kind of for me ends up being pretty high up there of the recent Final Fantasy era. But I think that there is just something where like he is a really good version of the 11th. He's probably like the best version of the 11th hour Final Fantasy villain, uh, which is definitely a type like, it begins at least, if it doesn't begin with Zeromus, you would have to remind me if there is, like, an 11th that, like, Chaos is kind of an 11th hour uh, Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, villain. Yeah, Like, these 11th hour Final Fantasy villains, like, you can't stack Ultima against Sephiroth or Kefka. It's not a fair fight. Uh, right. But, like, I don't want to say, like, some of the bosses of some of the Final Fantasies that maybe you haven't played yet, Zed, or haven't encountered, but, there's like, not many. You know, there's, it's very tropey, and, like, one of my least favorite things about the Final Fantasy series, so, like, Ultima ends up showing up so early and has that eleventh-hour Final Fantasy energy, but feels like you get to spend so much time with that character that I feel like I've got a shape of him, uh, that like I kind of understand where he's coming from. Uh, and uh, you know, I I re- I really appreciated that energy, and I think like the fact that he's so cold, that he's so robotic, that he's so mechanical about his and, like, needs and his wants and desi- <laughs> and very yeah, like let's call him gooey, like oil slick. <laughs> You know, just like, uh, like dr- uh, that drip, that ultimate drip uh, that like, I feel like it's in such stark contrast to the fiery humanity of Clive specifically, but Clive and Joshua. Uh, yeah. And so like putting that, um, putting those stakes in place of like, it's humanity versus something truly alien and unfathomable. I think that that worked real well for
0: all of that and i think in general i liked the boss fights in concept and in structure across the game um but i would also say i think they were all too long Uh uh-huh not even too difficult necessarily just too long yeah they just would go on forever and you'd get the health bar down and they'd be like just kidding new phase just kidding new phase and i was like we can't this, we don't have to do this, and it's and you not. Ever do uh,
1: you ever do Dragon Ball Z? No. There's a yeah. lot like that. Uh, like a Dragon Ball Z episode would be like, uh, it would basically be uh, a, a 30 minute episode advancing five minutes of a fight forward. And there would be mm-hmm. like 10 episodes of this in a row. And so it's like, sort of like how, like, a round of combat in D and D is allegedly um, like a. Ten- I was going to say like my like, play
0: by post where we fought murder flowers for three days.
1: Yeah, it's like so like a round of combat is six seconds, and like a like a standard combat like maybe doesn't even make it a minute, or if it does, right. it makes it like two right. minutes at most. Uh, like Dragon Ball Z is like a lot like that. And I actually think the Final Fantasy sixteen boss fights have that energy, and so it's very anime to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, like very anime where like you think this thing is over, Uh uh-uh, it's not. But I do think that there is a repetitive quality to 16 that it annoyed me at first, and then after a while I kind of really came to appreciate where like, you know exactly how a scene is about to go. You know, like Clive meets an NPC, the NPC says something to Clive, Clive says something to the NPC, the NPC responds, Clive says, well, we're really gonna need to talk about that. Fade to black. New angle. (laughs) We're going to continue the scene somewhere over here. Like this happens every time later, every single time, or it's going to be like, uh, okay, I just fought a bunch of people. There's a gate right there and a big space right on the other side of the gate. I know that I'm about to get into another big messy fight with a bunch of people. The boss fights have a similar rhythm. There's like rhythms to this game where I think the cause, like the combat specifically is so relentless. The fact that you can kind of, see where the thing is coming next gives you these opportunities to like press pause and like shake your hands out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, there were certainly times where I was like looking at the map, being like, Hmm, this weird little circle over here sure looks like a place where I'm going to fight a thing. So let me save my game. Let me check my like icon loadout, see what I've got set up. And if this is what I want to use, um, as we move forward, uh, how was the, how was the end of the game for you? having not done all of the side quests or I imagine much of the hunt board or any... <laughs> I did some hunt board. I did a, I okay. did a couple of the hunts.
1: Uh, I wanted to check out some of the hunts and I, like, I think I like wound up fighting one of the harder hunts by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't all that difficult. Cause I had all my uh, bumpers on uh you know i was like playing i was bowling with the bumpers on and how i played final fantasy Six. so is
0: that is, are you still talking about the like accessories of timely whatever yes correct oh, of wow. course yes okay so I, I i
1: intended to um to play through it again in uh the new game plus final fantasy mode or whatever eventually and i still i still hope to at some point down the line um I have a friend on paternity leave who is currently borrowing my uh, PlayStation 5. So it'll ah. be a minute before I get a chance to do that. So the way that I ended up playing through the game was the way that I started it out it was like, let me do the base coat. Let me get the story. Let me see how all of this plays out. And as I get better at the game, I'll play through it again with more of a fair shot at fighting some of these things. So, like, the answer to, like, how did you find the end of the game? If you mean that as in, like, was the end of the game challenging for you? Not particularly. Uh, especially because uh-huh. then I did do the side quests where uh, I found out very late in my experience, as you and I covered, uh, how to expand your inventory yeah. uh, and how to do and how to expand the potency of the items in your inventory. Uh-huh. But I did go and I did all of that, and so I had as expanded an inventory as I could get and as potent a lineup of potions and high potions and whatever as I could get. So like I walked into those final boss fights
0: feeling very secure. Uh, and having with that guy who's like, I could definitely stretch this leather for you. And Clive's like, you really, it's, it's really okay. And he's like, no, 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 it will will only take you a minute. He's like pulling the bag out of Clive's hands and Clive's like, I gotta, I have things to go do, man. He's like, no, 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 just get, hang on, hang on.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's, as far as like the difficulty level for me, like I'm not the right person to ask. Was it, was the end game very difficult for you? I mean, you always play these things cards up, so
0: uh no it really wasn't. Um I think in the final boss fight I died once and I can't remember wh- oh and it was in the part of the fight where you're fighting as Ifrit and you're sort of like in nowhere and there's like not really a sense of gravity or distance or scale and like yeah. you're go you're always going forward but you're not necessarily getting closer and like avoiding all of these huge pulsing laser attack things was like hard to avoid yeah i was like i don't really understand where i am in in physical space in relation to the thing that i'm fighting so i don't know how to hit it to make this be over yeah um but other than that one time most of the boss fights were not that challenging it was occasionally some of the side stuff particularly like the hardest a few of the notorious marks i definitely tried to do too early because they unlock sooner than they should in my opinion yeah um you unlock some of the hardest ones.
1: Right away. Early, when you get and the board. you're nowhere near ready. Yeah, uh,
0: But you don't know that, because the game gave them to you. So you think you should go do it, or I yeah. do. Um, and I'm wrong. I shouldn't go do it, uh-huh. I should wait. Uh, but I did clear out the hunt board uh, the day that I finished the game. And I loved going and saying hi to Nectar and checking in on his adventures. And- yeah. Every time he did his little squeaks, it made me smile. The side
1: characters are very fun. Uh, yeah. Like I really, I really enjoyed the side characters at the Hideaway. Uh, I think um, you know, uh, I I've always really enjoyed checking in on Karen. Uh, you know, I think like getting the vibes of Karen, even mid, who I really came to enjoy, but at first felt quite mid about because she shows up on the other side of the death of Sid, which yeah. is. A big swing, I think, this game takes. This game gives you not just, like, the best character of the game, clearly, uh, for, like, the first third in this hugely concentrated way, but, like, very arguably, the greatest of the Sids. Yeah, And there's I a think Sid so. in every single Final Fantasy. So. And there's a very, very compelling argument that that is, like, the number one Sid with a bullet. Uh, yeah. Like, I, Like, I'm trying not to do the recency bias thing yet. But that's very likely the best sit.
0: Listen, uh, he's a revolutionary. He wants to tear down the institutions. He believes in equity and equality and solidarity. He is everything that I want in, in everything. Uh, a dream. He's, not a mis- he's not a misogynist. He's a <laughs> we dream. Love to see it. He's a dream. Uh and
1: not in, like the Final Fantasy 10 sense of the dream like he's a person he's a human he's not like a little dream firefly thing he is a yeah. person who is wonderful and has thoughts uh, about what the world should be and he stands for something and he's got an incredible voice uh and just a great swagger about him and he's so great and he's killed a third of the way into the game uh and Clive is great but <laughs> Uh, This is like the man in black calling himself John Locke. Like, you're not Sid. This isn't it. You you can't be that guy. And so it took me a long time to get on board with this. Uh, It was really hard for me to get on board with the game killing Sid that early and then expecting me to care about a bunch of these other characters and also like being able to tolerate that Clive is the new Sid. Uh, And like everyone's calling him Sid. And there was just very minimal buffer between the death of actual Sid and the rise of new Sid. Uh, that was very, very, very difficult. But I think in in some ways, a really, uh, a, I, I think I appreciate the boldness of the choice. So like, this is like very obviously the best character of the game. We're going to kill the character off. And now the stakes are raised of like, well, we if he is if dead, we're going to have to honor what that man stood for. Uh, and I, right. I think that that does fuel so much of the rest of the game. But God, I could have done with like, more Sid uh like I really really missed him once he was gone
0: give me the crisis core Sid game and I'll play it all day every day where is my Sid hangout game I want it
1: there are a lot of like I want the DLC you know there's a lot there's a couple like I want the Sid DLC I am desperate for a Dion DLC like I want to play as Dion very 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 badly uh, like there's a, and I I think that that is a real testament to the world building that they did in the game that like you are left feeling like gosh I would love to explore more with that person.
0: Yeah, Dion and Terrence, his yeah, explicit, explicitly his lover, yep. Terrence.
1: Yeah, very He's exciting. It's not meant to be though.
0: Yeah, but to have a to to have a mainish. Character who is definitely gay. The word "lover" is in the tome. Oh yeah, there's like zero ambiguity. The kissing. Yeah. This um, isn't this
1: isn't a theory. It's not an yeah. interpretation. It is text.
0: Yeah, very. That was that was exciting to see. Um, and we get there's a pair of uh, there's a gay soldier and his boyfriend in Northreach as well that you can kind of check in on. Yeah, run past their changing dialogue on occasion. Yeah. Um. And they, they make it through together, which is Good. nice. And yeah. the first time we encountered them, uh, shout out to folks in the chat who told me to go find them. Um, I was like, once upon a time, that would have been it as yeah. far as like representation went. And you'd been like, oh my God, if you pay attention, there's a gay soldier over here. Yeah. Uh, so it is exciting to to have a main character, you know, who has plenty of dialogue and scenes and matters and goes to the end of the game. Goes to the, the end of the
1: game. Zed, I mean, we're burying the lead. Bahamut is canonically gay, uh, yeah.
0: like, is <laughs> great. Yep, we love to see it. We yeah. get the dragon, awesome, <laughs> like, wonderful. It's wonderful, it. yeah. Dion, yeah. I think,
1: um, short of Joshua, Uh, Is my favorite of the game. And I I really I really love that they gave such a robust story to Dion uh, getting to like, you know, on the other side of the Bahamut freak out getting to like watch this man wrestle with the PTSD of what he's done. Um, totally not, you know, not necessary to the core story, but so additive. I felt like, uh, of like the themes of the horror of war and everything and getting to explore that with, um, like I'm, I'm a dragoon man through and through Uh my early love for Kane like really abides. And so getting that story here, and I think really artfully set up early in the game of like just these random ass dragoons who would come and fight you. Uh, And then, like, you come to, like, really, really appreciate that one character um, was was amazing to have him have the LGBTQ uh, love story on top of that. Couldn't like very, very explicitly textually in Final Fantasy was like it felt like extraordinary, extraordinary progress for this series, for sure. Uh, Really nice to have
0: someone a not just queer coded and b not the villain of the game. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Both both big milestones. Uh, should we talk about the sort of like red wedding moment of the game, where Dion kills his his father and his brother, and then his mother kills himself? It's hard. The
1: whole thing is uh it's like a it's, lot. it's so messy. Uh, it's so messy. And so like, what is it like? This little Joffrey turd is like taken over
0: by Ultima, yeah. basically. Olivier, yeah, he's just Olivier. like, a puppet.
1: Yeah, I mean. This game has a few Red Wedding moments, I feel like. Uh, yeah. like. They really did, like, they watched Game of Thrones on a binge, and they're like, okay, well, how do we do Game of Thrones Final Fantasy? Uh, what, what should we take? And it's like, okay, let's do, like, the Red Wedding, but let's do it a million times. Uh, let's, like, chop off Clive and Joshua's father's head. Let's make Clive spend years thinking that he just, like, monster mashed Joshua to death. <laughs> uh let's kill sid like sid's death is like a ned stark moment uh like in a a real major way uh like there's so so many different versions of that which are like uh like i I think like there's there is a a valid argument to being like this feels very iterative but i for me for whatever reason like you're doing all of these things that i've seen before in the fantasy genre but there is such like a thick sheen of final fantasy painted over all sure. of it that, i'm delighted i'm delighted i have no problem with this
0: yeah no i loved it the the biggest thing for me was that i played that specific part of the game like one of the most intense hour and a halfs of the entire game at night yeah uh after all of my streams being in the afternoon on a weekday this one day i got home and i was like i don't have anything to do tonight let's play the game let's play the game uh and then an hour and a half before I was going to go to bed, I watched like four people die. And I was like, oh, uh, OK, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is not what I thought I was signing up for at this point in my in the my game evening. is
1: The game was really dangerous in that way for me, too, of like, OK, well, uh, it's like late at night. I'm not ready to go to bed yet. I'll play a little bit. And then suddenly it was like 3 a.m. and like the whole and suddenly Hugo world of the game has
0: lost changed. his hands. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, wow. Hugo really goes through it, huh?
0: Yeah, well, he sucks, but y- yeah. yeah. Oh boy. My yeah. hands, oh my hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, he
1: gets double Jamie Lannistered. Uh, and
0: then he's like banging them on the wall, and I'm <laughs>
1: like, dude, stop,
0: stop. <laughs>
1: yeah, I felt that. I felt that. Yeah. That was painful. Uh, I, I. The Hugo uh, boss fight is insanity to me. Uh, That's the
0: longest one. Yeah,
1: Attack on Titan. Uh, Uh Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. The Bahamut fight is also fair. Like the ones that stand out to me the most are probably Titan and Bahamut. uh, I think are the the Bahamut
0: fight is cool because like story is happening in a in a huge way as that fight is happening. That's when Clive and Joshua unite. Into Ifrit Risen or whatever it's yeah. called, um, that's really cool to get to see the brothers fighting together, uh, and not to destroy Dion, but to like protect him from himself and the actions yeah. that he's causing. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. I
1: think probably the best uh, piece of the game for me, for sure. Yeah, and then I think yeah. Titan is like a very close second for me uh, as far as like the boss fights go, just because it's so anime. Like, this is, like, the most anime stuff in the game for me is Clive versus Hugo. Uh, like, they're in, like, this huge, vast, empty canyon. Uh, no civilians near uh, for them to just go, like, full Super Saiyan on one another. Um, utterly, utterly madness. Uh, I I really, um, even though the the game gets so rhythmic and kind of repetitive with it, uh, I was I was both like sort of ultimately comforted by it, but then I would always be so excited when it was starting to happen because I'd be like, "I'm about to get Titan powers! I'm about to get Titan powers! <laughs> Titan powers coming! Bahamut powers coming!" Um, and I I loved getting to and I I figured this out way too late in playing the game how just how much you could mix and match um yeah. with different power sets that like you could be like. You have the three icon slots, but, like, within that, if you've mastered those skills, like, you could slot them into certain icons. So, like, you could probably have, like, the power of, like, six different uh, icons active at once. Um, did you have, uh, like, go-to icon powers, like, iconic powers, or did you keep the the set fairly versatile?
0: Uh I mean I mixed things up a lot. I had Phoenix a lot of the time, mostly because mastering uh rising flames was so expensive. And I needed any any options for healing that I could have. Um, that was a big challenge for me early in the game was the lack of flexibility of like yeah. you have four potions and that's it. And when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, but you every can't single time you'd enter a new anything room. You'd else about potion, it. So um once you get the limit break and that can help heal you and you can unlock rising flames and that can help heal you. I was like, all right, now this is more about resource management than it more so than just don't get hit enough so that your four potions will take care of everything. Yeah. Um, so rising flames was a big one. Uh, lightning rod, best ability in the game in my that, humble uh, opinion.
1: I, which one is that? That's I don't a know Ramu that I used one. Yeah. And
0: you plant a lightning rod and then anything that runs into it gets hurt. And if they're close enough, you can hit them with like gigaflare and it's hitting the lightning rod that's also hitting them. So you're doing like double damage. Uh, it's a great way to, to maximize your damage output. Um, yeah. That was I like that was probably... how I started a lot of things.
1: It's probably too complicated for the button mashy way that I played the game. <laughs> uh, so like the button mashy version of it with the timely accessories on made Bahamut basically unusable uh like running around with the Flare stuff doesn't really track with the way that you play the game in, in uh it, with the timely accessories on hmm. the best timely accessory stuff was titan for sure uh because titan just goes mm! and just like smash 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 it was really great that like the i don't know the names of any of these things anymore like the like the garuda omni slash or whatever you get mm-hmm. from her super super cool once I got the Odin powers, those were active
0: for... Yeah, the those are my, the game. Those ended up being my favorite, too, I think. Uh, and then also Shiva's Diamond Dust and Cold Snap. If you evade with Cold Snap and you time it right, then you permafrost the enemy so it's, like, oh, stuck yeah. in place. That was really good. So Shiva tended to stay in the rotation most of the time. So it was usually uh, Shiva, Odin, and phoenix but then with various other but with like gigaflare and lightning rod in there um and occasionally the other thing and i also uh I did go through and get all the trophies. There's like one trophy for each of the icons for using certain abilities in a certain way, which was the only time I used Titan stuff for anything. I love Titan um, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <He's> My- <laughs> just like
1: smash, 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 smash. So great.
0: Mike in the chat said, and and then there was i I'm not dealing with Titans BS. I, love Titan. 100%. I love Titan, hundred percent.
1: Loved it, loved it. Uh,
0: just long enough to get the trophy, and and that's it.
1: Were there any? Um... Are there any bonus icons that we know about, or is every icon in the game like a uh, like a plot essential icon? I, I have not looked into this at all. I don't know if there's like any like the yojimbo's out there or anything. No, like
0: as that. far as I know, it's just those
1: mandatory. Uh,
0: and then while we're talking about them, what exists is the chronolith trials. Yeah, what is and that? So you read probably, me in. You probably ran across one of the uh stones that looks like the one in the hideaway where you can go into the hall of virtue and do fights and stuff um there's one of those for each of the icons and once you get past a certain point in the game i can't remember what triggers it uh you can go activate them and each of them pertains to a specific icon and in their trials you're in, you know, essentially like a training hall kind of environment. Okay. And you're getting waves of enemies and using certain icon abilities will give you more time because you have to accomplish all of the waves with before you run out of time or die because you have no healing either. Uh, you do have your limit break bar that will charge, but you don't have any regular healing. And while mm-hmm. you're doing each of the icons, you only have the abilities of that icon.
1: Okay. I didn't do any of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, they're totally the they're the least interesting to me because they're completely yeah. plot irrelevant. Yeah, uh, it is just go do these things. Is this just like a, trophy collecting, basically? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. And you well, you get one trophy for doing one trial. Uh, but then in order to get all of your little collectibles in Cl- in clive's room the last collectible you get for doing all the chronolith trials got it yeah and that's a
1: trophy I didn't realize until because I, I was just blitzing through plot that there's like yeah. like there's so much detail to clive's room that like you could just like like you accumulate stuff that I should have spent more time in my room <laughs> what's the coolest stuff in clive's room
0: I mean it's you get a lot of like signs from various like inns and pubs in various oh, towns God. that you have like
1: all of like the what are they called like here's my here's my pin this the way seals ever... that you get the...
0: from all of the like unofficial the... mayors of the... all the, the towns
1: the seals cracked me up every single time this is it's like okay Clive talking NBC talking Clive talking NPC talking Clive well we're going to have to talk about this in a separate scene fade <laughs> to black new scene they just moved to the left Clive talking, NPC talking, Clive talking, NPC talking, NPC, NPC telling Clive, oh, well, if you're gonna keep going, you're gonna need to wear my seal. Every Here's the crimson collar. Time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So ridiculous. But uh, those are not displayed anywhere. I would like to see them all. That
1: we collected so many of them. What did I understand? Did Clive just like throw them out? Uh like no, they're well, in oh, a box geez, somewhere. Thanks. Just like put it away in the trash.
0: Yeah. Um there is one side quest at the end of the game with torgle and if you go to Torgle's side quest he takes you back to like this little treehouse you hung out in when you were a kid and you oh. find your wooden training sword um and it like the the seed with torgle made me cr- emotional it's like i got teary-eyed can you was, can, like,
1: can you like use the wooden training sword like can you No, take it's that just a you?
0: collectible that goes in the in the room with the other ones but the you know imagine Torgel's, if that was like, the
1: best weapon of the game
0: yeah he's like pouting and karen's like you need to go figure out what's going on with your dog because he's sad um and he's like hanging out by the dock and like looking off into the distance and clive's like you want to go home boy and you go back and you and torgle takes you to the treehouse, and you're like i have to remember my roots and you've always believed in me torgle and it's like so cute so cute yeah torgle was looking for you all along that's uh. that's like the moral of the is like he waited 10 years for you and he didn't know where you were and now you're back together and you'll always be together except is clive dead is torgle going to be waiting for you to come home forever because that also made me upset
2: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
1: So let's talk about the yeah. end of the game. Um, yeah. The okay. end of the game. You know, Clive tells Jill, "Don't worry, Jill. I'll be right back. I can't wait to start our life together, Jill. Don't come into the fight because you're not invited to the fight. Uh, I'll I'll just go with the boys. You stay home, and I'll return." Uh, and Dion dies and Joshua seems to die and Ultima for sure dies and then Clive like gets like blasted off onto the beach basically. And I forget his exact final line. Do you recall it? It's like the st- are you looking too, Jill?
0: Yeah, the he's star. like, do you see it too as they're like looking at the moon or whatever? So for me, like the
1: it, it certainly felt like Clive just died. Uh, was was how I experienced that. I am uh, coming to understand that there's like a big movement of Clive didn't die. That wasn't Clive. So I did. I didn't read any ambiguity into the ending, but I haven't revisited it at all. What are you encountering as far as the ending goes? Do you have a read of the ending?
0: So I am big on if you don't see the dead body. You cannot guarantee that the person is dead, and yeah. I was right about Joshua. I I said from the beginning I was like I don't buy it yet. I'm not. We didn't yeah. see a dead Joshua, so I'm not. I'm not in it. Um, we see Clive magically, mysteriously washed up on the shore from this nebulous place that he only got to by flying on Bahamut. Uh, somehow he's back in in our world. Yeah. Um, with like uh, crystal curse fingers. But just, just some fingers. Just some fingers, uh, yeah. We've seen people make it through worse for longer, I feel like. Uh, so we don't know, is my is my opinion. Okay. Um, there's the discussion of the post Did you watch the post-credits yeah, scene? Yeah, so it okay. takes
1: place at some point in the future. A couple of kids yeah. are horsing around, and there's a book called Final Fantasy written by Joshua Rossfield. Right. Yeah.
0: So there is a fan theory that... Possibly Clive wrote that book under Joshua's name.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, there's also the theory Clive that-
1: has a thing of stealing people's identities, so- <laughs> (laughs)
0: well i think the sid one was sort of like foisted upon him whether he wanted it or not
1: yeah but then he also like he steals uh titan powers he steals garuda (laughs) powers like clive is just taking everything that's unique about all these people yeah well
0: i don't think he took garuda's powers on purpose Uh i think that one just kind of happened and then he was like oh that
1: example powers have awakened i can do a thing gonna yoink them yeah
0: yeah um, there's also the theory that the Undying, who are this like weird, mysterious religious order that are devoted to protecting the Phoenix, uh, may have written the story of the Phoenix Joshua yeah. for the people. Joshua's um, probably dead. I, that one feels pretty yeah. concretely for sure. Yeah, that's all right.
1: At least he didn't die the first time. He grew up to be quite the quite the respectable young man. I'm yeah. proud. I'm proud of my baby boy. And uh, and
0: Clive managed to clean the blood off of his mouth before he. Uh, <laughs> this poor yeah. kid in his consumption. Yeah, dying yeah. of tuberculosis.
1: Yeah, I think if like the thing is like, well, but he's got the crystalline uh, hand now. Oh, he's dead. It's like, well, he's probably like you know another Final Fantasy thing of like the slow transformation into like you've you've got like the stone condition and like you're slowly right. turning into a statue, but like. In sixteen, like this is like a real slow play. Uh, so it's not like he has that and he'll die tomorrow necessarily. Yeah. Uh so if that's it, like I could see the world in which Clive gets up and moves on uh after after the end of the game. I guess I don't understand um uh why they would leave it so nebulous. I didn't I didn't mind it at all. Yeah. And I, I love hearing that people are like really um have a lot of different theories about it. Uh, I mean, if they're going to do, like, a Final Fantasy 16-2 uh, or, like, certain DLCs and stuff, I I expect that they will clarify this at some point.
0: Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I wondered is, like, what is the goal of an ambiguous ending if this is a finite contained story?
1: I guess, like, the legend of Sid continues, right? Like, the Sid legend. Sid like... will return in yeah, Final yeah, Fantasy right. 17. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's some, there's something to that, I think, that in the way that, like, Sid died and Clive carries the torch, uh either Clive dies and other people carry the torch or like Clive do- doesn't die but he you know we're not going to get to see anything more with him moving forward theoretically anyway and so he kind of lives on in legend with with us. So I think like not knowing with full conclusive clarity what happens to the character sort of achieves that end.
0: Yeah. Jill, somehow seeing like a red blinking dot in the sky, seems to have decided that, that Clive so is the, dead. The red blinking dot in the sky, the side quests illuminate what that is, I think, nope. or the
1: act of lore, no. Not that I clocked, no. I kept waiting the entire game. Like the first time you see it uh, in like a Clive flashback, you're like, okay, well, I've played enough Final Fantasies to know that I'm going there. Like I'll be, I'll go there. <laughs> Uh, before this thing is done. We didn't go there. I was very surprised by this. No. So, the, so you, having explored almost every nook and cranny of this game, not to every nook and cranny, John, uh, you did not find out anything more about
0: Red Dot? No. Mike, Mike in the chat says it was a wishing star from when they were kids, but there's no real lore. That's I it? It certainly didn't mean anything specific to me um and i didn't see anything
1: unbelievable to me
0: i didn't see anything that jill could see that that would indicate well clive is definitely dead yeah uh but she and torgle sure are sad together oh my gosh
1: um yeah so she at least seems to think that clive is dead it's a fairly um unhappy ending even in its ambiguity i think uh because like okay so clive lives and clive makes his way back jill and torgle probably spent a cool 48 hours easily thinking he was dead uh that's less than
0: 10 years i
1: guess yeah i suppose i guess
0: i clive
1: yeah uh sign or no uh i hope uh, you know what If if the theory is out there that clive is still alive i choose to believe it i'll sign on to it clive is still alive I, I unfortunately think Joshua was like for short sure toast. Yeah,
0: Joshua uh, was definitely done.
1: Dion also probably completely dead. Uh, sure don't think there's like a lot of ambiguity for Dion. Uh, so uh, I hope Terrence is able to find his happily ever after. He was like, don't send me away. Come on. <laughs> Let me be end game.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. What did what did, give me some Gav takes. You got takes on Gav? Oh, my goodness. What a guy. <laughs> What a guy. It was really my
1: headcanon. It was really my headcanon that Gav and Clive were like uh, secretly deeply in love with one another.
0: I mean, Gav is certainly secretly deeply in love with Clive. I don't, I don't think the feeling is Clive Clive, like
1: immediately like Clive meets Gav and it's like, oh Gav, what would I do without you? Like immediately, like there's this connection though. It's like this really powerful connection between Clive and Gav. It was great.
0: Yeah, no, he's incredible. Uh, Always showing up at the right moments, sometimes at the wrong moments, interrupting a potential kiss between Jill and Clive fairly early in the game. Yes. Uh, Which is like classic, uh, you know, underdog love story. Uh (laughs) Yeah. In playing Madison Girl. Uh in, in in playing playing all the side brings us the medicine girl. Yeah. In in playing all
1: of the side quests, did any of them explain um why Gav is missing the two ponytails that would <laughs> make the three make more spatial sense? No. Okay.
0: No, weirdly, <laughs> really uh, his hair never got fully addressed. That's okay. Um wait, uh, uh, medicine girl. That, Tell me about yeah. medicine girl. What is the deal with medicine girl? So uh-huh. we see her a handful of times. Yeah. We see her at the very beginning, you know. Or not the very beginning, but fairly early on, hawking yeah. her her poultices, uh, and Jill's like, "We don't have any money," and she's like, "Well, then screw you, lady! Bye! I gotta go. I have a business to run." Yeah. Um, and we see her kind of randomly a couple other times, and it's never really explained why. And then she saves Dion, and she gets a name that I can't remember, um, and she's in the in Vivian's like social network map. Right. Um, as Medicine Girl from very early on. And I was like, why is she so important? And I still don't really know.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they never really told us anything about Medicine Girl. I've I have very few memories of Medicine Girl. I only remember Medicine Girl helping out Dion. I think maybe was Medicine Girl uh under threat when like the big Bahamut fights were happening. And something
0: traumatic happened to Medicine Girl, or around Medicine Girl. I mean, she found him after yeah. that big fight, so she had to be nearby. Yeah, uh, but we had seen her in like a couple other unrelated places. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kyle or Keel, K-I-H-E-L, is her name. Okay, Keel, Kahiel.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a hot take. I think you ready? Yeah. Miss me with Barnabas. <laughs> Missed yeah, he didn't
0: really do anything for me. Either. Barnabas
1: added nothing. Uh the whole Walud storyline adds nothing to me. Uh just get, get kill Barnabas and give me Odin quickly. Uh I want nothing. I'm I'm good. I need nothing on Barnabas. By the time that Barnab like the the game is shifting, like, all right. Well now we're gonna have to go and deal with the Walud stuff. It's like do we have to? Can we just get to like can we just get on board with like it's all about
0: Ultima now? Like, just, like this... leave them over there on their separate continent minding like, their business?
1: Who is Barnabas's toady again, who is secretly like a thousand toadies? I forget the name of that character, the armored guy who's like Ferdinand or whatever. Uh yeah. it's like a thousand Ferdinands. It's like, okay, so it's just like this is all just like Ultima puppetry, and I don't need any of it. Uh just get me to Ultima. I'm done. Barnabas, like Oh, give yourself over to Ultima. It's gonna be so cool. You're gonna like forget it. Uh, like you just showed up, man. Like I've been in this for a minute. Right. You don't get to just like show up here. Like you're the 11th hour bad guy. Get me to the get me to the 11th hour bad guy who was uh, who showed up uh, five hours early. Uh, like I want to go to him. You should have been here five hours ago. Ultima got here. Your seat at the table is done. I want nothing to do with you. I did not care for Barnabas. I feel like Barnabas is one of those characters where, oh, Barnabas is like a really deep, bad guy or like uh, like my complicated bad boy. Uh, No, I'm out. No Barnabas for me. (laughs) Hate him. Just...
0: Just so that they could have their their White Walkers, their yeah. Akashic all over the place. That's really that's really sure. what it was for. Yeah.
1: I guess that's it. But like I don't know. You could have just explained that with Ultima. I don't need another guy yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, it did up.
0: feel like they overcomplicated things sometimes just to make them complicated, uh, in a way that was even with the lore, yeah. difficult to follow. There's gotta be
1: like a faster, leaner path to getting Odin than having to go through all the Walud <laughs> stuff. The Wulud stuff I think was my least favorite part of the game because at that point mm-hmm. I'm like I'm getting close to ready to just like confront the the finale. Uh, yeah. So I feel like We're just the just, like
0: chasing Ultima across the continents for no particular it. reason.
1: I don't need it. Um I'm trying to think of what else I want to I wanted to check in with you. When did you did you get the Chocobo early on? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I got that uh, when I realized I should have gotten them earlier, uh, around Uh the same time that I needed to expand my potion. So I just ran around on the map the whole time. Were you chocoboing on the map for the majority of the game? A decent amount, largely
0: because you can run past random encounters, which is great. But if you're on the chocobo, you don't even slow down when you're running. Whereas if you're running on foot, the game is like, are you going to fight? And you slow down to like a jog. And you have to run long enough to get out of it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Ambrosia, the beautiful white chocobo. Ambrosia.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Was it like the white ghost or whatever they called her? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, when I got uh, the chocobo and I did the chocobo side quest, and it was right before the end of the game. And then I started like riding around on the open fields with, I was like, I should have, I can't believe that I've played this whole game just like on foot. Uh, Yeah.
0: There's a handful of times that I'm that I was doing side quests and I was like, imagine this not being part of your experience of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's some more. examples. There is some stuff that goes like into Clive and Jill's romance a little bit more. Uh, there's one you do for Karen, I think, or Karen is involved um, where she uh, stabs a guy in the eye because Sweet. he previously like took her eye. Um, eye so for you find eye. out, yeah, like you find out. There's like four quests you can do for Blackthorn, uh-huh. uh, with his fr- sad his friend, sack
1: Blackthorn. Yeah,
0: it, they're called like Blacksmith Blues. Yeah, because um, I I did
1: that one because I think it's necessary for the inventory. I was like, oh, all right, fine, you
0: got me yeah. talking with his I buddy it, August, who's like, I think Blackthorn is sad, he's and like I think he doesn't want to talk to me. And it was like, he might talk like to
1: you, because literally like there's a guy who's better at this than me. I'm yeah. upset about it. It's like, all right, well, you know,
0: that happens. Just don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Blackthorn, You got he got upset about stuff.
0: Um, There's a lot of... There's no way that
1: Clive and Jill weren't doing it in those five years, by the way. I just refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe that their first kiss is like five minutes before the end of the game. No chance. Uh-huh. No way. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. Well, they were naked together on that beach.
1: They had been naked together on beaches before. I refuse yeah, to that's believe that that's the first that time. happens for the first. time, I don't believe that that's the first time the two of them are naked on like naked shoulder blading each other. Like, Ugh. I feel like that's happened earlier in their lives. Yeah. Uh, and there yeah. was a whole five year time jump. There's something ha- and they were not separated the entire time. Things happened in the five year time jump. I refuse to believe otherwise
0: yeah it is it is of note how much time this game covers and how it is like grounded in a year in the world of the game and that you span what like 15 years or something over the main story of the game um and the constant and like being able to go to vivian and and look at where all the troops are moving around and what powers are trying to do what at various times is really helpful and That it isn't just what is the current situation but that you can look at how you got there is really cool
1: yeah um no airship huh
0: no okay so this is one more thing really thought we were getting
1: an airship really thought it was going to come
0: mid was working on it yeah and then this is nuts you're helping her get her stuff to build her airship and then she's like magic killed my dad this is a bad idea I'm gonna finish inventing it, and then I'm gonna bury my schematics, so that maybe someday someone will find them. And it, like, there's no logic, hmm. no logic to it whatsoever. I think the fallen
1: technology generally. Uh, the first time the fallen uh, thing like really spikes when like you're going into the place underneath the the, the Phoenix Gate, uh, mm-hmm. and like suddenly all these like mechanical creatures are whirring to life. It's like,
0: whoa. Yeah, the little okay. stone guys. Yeah. This game
1: just took a turn. Uh, and I, I kept feeling like some sort of like major reveal of like, there is modern future tech happening in the world. Like, and it never really went there. No, so there was there's like just re- some guys
0: running around with lightsabers for some reason.
1: There was like a really cool setup there that didn't uh, fully get uh capitalized on, I thought. Uh, but I kept thinking like, oh man, like the first like the I remember that that was one of those I'm up until 3 a.m. nights. <laughs> uh like, oh my god, like this is insane. Like the the little things with like the they look like killer like Evas from Wally. Like this is nuts. And it didn't really go anywhere. And so like I felt like it was at least going to bring us to like some sort of major alien-ish spaceship airship deal and we didn't get anything like that we just got a boat.
0: Yeah the Enterprise. Another Enterprise of which there are many.
1: Yes. Yeah for sure. Um yeah. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a really, really, really fun game. There's a there's definitely things that you can knock against it, but I, I thought it was a real joy to play through. Uh it was it was I think that the world is really immersive. I do think even with uh, my uh, my rails up, the combat was super fun. Oh, Zed, as a as a combat master mm-hmm. um, and and weapons expert,
0: can you is does Clive having the sword where he has the sword? Does that make sense? uh there's definitely a decent number of times where he's like leaning against things or or quasi sitting down yeah. and i'm like not with a three foot long piece of steel against your back that i just feel sense. like it would be hard to like pull it out from like there like i feel like you want it like further in i don't know yeah he has it mounted more like he would be fighting left-handed because he has it over his right shoulder yeah you can't you yeah. can't pull it out right not without throwing your you. back out yeah, yeah. But, you know, Cloud's running around with a sword just magically attached to his back with nothing. Yeah, and that sword is humongous.
1: This is not the time to start (laughs) being like, that's not real. That's not realistic. At
0: least Clive's sword is like in a sheath attached to his his body with like straps and things.
1: That's fair. Remake Cloud's sword is attached to something. I don't know what, but... So it's attached to something, Right,
0: you know, Aerith's still got her her scepters and her yeah. rods just appearing out they of they nowhere. Just show up,
1: they just show up. They just show up. Magic and such. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll be back in a couple, like a week and a half or so. We have more Final Fantasy to discuss. I want to get into some of nine with you. I really want to hear about your tales of ten. Uh, I really want to hear a lot more about how you experienced Final Fantasy X. And if we've got lingering FF16 material to, to cover, uh, we will do so there as well. If there's anything we didn't talk about from the game that you want to hear Zed and I talk about, you can hit us up in all of the various ways that you can find us on all of the various different platforms that exist. At Round Howard, that's me. At Hard Rock Hope, that's Zed. You can find them and watch them streaming video games, twitch.tv slash Hope you should check all that out. Tears of the Kingdom, I cannot wait. When is when are you starting Tears of the Kingdom?
0: Uh probably in September. So okay. as as folks on the Twitch know, after today I am on a week-long break as I go do a stage combat workshop and go yeah. fight with some some real swords not attached to my back by yeah. magic. Um, and then of. we'll we will reconvene next week to talk about the 17 other Final Fantasy games I've played since the last we were yeah. regularly podcasting together. Uh, and then I am unemployed after Labor Day, at which point I think I will have more time to devote to focusing on a brand new game and franchise. So 9 will pick back up next week, and then Tears of the Kingdom will slot in in September.
1: I'm very excited for both of these journeys for you. Uh, 9, I'm really excited for you to like dive back into, but i think you're gonna have so much fun playing tears of the kingdom also you're gonna be deeply frustrated at multiple points uh i like you're gonna fall off of things it's gonna be great it's gonna be well
0: great. that's why i never got anywhere in breath of the wild because i yeah. couldn't get out of the initial place because i kept falling into lakes and freezing oh gosh to death.
1: oh yeah what's great is that you're gonna fall so much further in tears <laughs> of the kingdom the heights are, are vast and enormous and many and wonderful. Great, great, great times are are ahead. Uh, I think you will really enjoy that. So, uh, check that out in September and come back next week for more Final Fantasy content here on Post Show Recaps and Twitch.tv slash Hard Rock Hope. But until then, we say, uh, didn't I have like some sort of F off for this? FF off? FF off. FF off.
2: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.